Ahoy! Welcome to a very special episode of Bottom of the Stream. My it, name is Adam. My name is Nick. It is a very special episode. It is. It's a first for Bottom of the Stream. We've gone on the road. Been on set. Yeah. Literally, we've been on a movie set today, Nick. Yeah. How exciting is that? Oh, it's awesome. We're not allowed to say what movie it was, but it's still no. pretty awesome that we've been on a movie set. The fog was still yeah. drifting across. It was. It was dark. The it was set. Drip, it drew me. Drew me? That's not a word. It's not a word. What am I thinking of? Gloomy. Dreary. Gloomy dreary or dreary. dreary. <laughs> and foggy. We've been on a movie set. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm on a high. It was great. Why have we been on a movie set? Uh, we have been on a movie set because, uh, well, I will go back a couple of weeks to yep. start spinning the yarn. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, on our movie show, talked about a movie called Pentagram. We did indeed. Which we randomly selected, as we always do every week. Yep. From the bottom of the Netflix stream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unbeknownst to us, well, kind of nounced. Nounced. <laughs> because we spotted a, a particular location in that movie that isn't too far from here. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of set us on a bit of a hunt. Yeah. We managed to get in touch with the director of Pentagram. We did. We t- tagged him in a tweet. He uh, tweeted us back. An absolute gentleman by the name of Steve Lawson. Yeah. And he then said he'd be delighted to show us around this, his studio, Creative Studios. Turns out it's only a 20 minute drive from here. Yeah. From the streamboat. Talk to us about Pentagram. Well, chiefly about Pentagram. Yeah. But... He wanted to tell us the story of Pentagram. We wanted to hear the story of Pentagram, definitely. Yeah. And then we got into loads of other stuff. So this episode is going to be a sit-down interview on the road on a movie set with director of pentagram steve lawson yeah how exciting so exciting <laughs> had a great time it was an absolute gent it was a, what a lovely man yeah what an absolutely lovely and fascinating yeah. really interesting guy we say uh, all i can say is thank thank you steve Thanks for, your for time. hosting and yeah yeah i so, had a blast yeah me too i had a, a great time this episode is that interview it is that interview that is what we're going to cut to now we're going to cut to another version of me and nick yeah who will start again and <laughs> we'll do the interview and it'll be great and you can listen to it and learn some stuff learn some stuff about straight to video movies that we didn't know we we think you're going to find it really interesting because we found it really interesting yeah of uh, his life and the fascinating movies that he makes yeah let us know what you think as always if you want more of this sort of stuff just let us know because we're always looking to uh yeah absolutely spread our wings a bit as well if you know anybody that we can sit down and interview or talk to or anything like that really yeah let us know brilliant so let's Enjoy. hand over to future adam and nick or past adam and nick i guess yeah and then we'll be talking to steve lawson hello ahoy <laughs> So we are here with uh, Steve, who is the director of Pentagram. Hello. Nice to meet you, Steve. And you guys. So yeah, we thought we'd get, we've just had a, a nice tour around your studio. So we thought we'd get you on and yeah. have a chat about Pentagram and what's going on there. We're here at Creative Studios. We are. Which, as it turned out, is less than half an hour from us. <laughs> Small world. We got here early because it was closer than we thought it was. So, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm extremely busy as always. Good, good. You've seen my schedule. Well, you've seen my past schedule. <laughs> it, it carries on the same. So yeah, excellent. Uh, no, well, first of all, really appreciate you taking the time out of that schedule to to spend some time talking to us. Definitely. We um, just to give it a bit of context. So on bottom of the stream, obviously, we randomly, if you've you've heard heard us before, we randomly select a movie uh, every week from from Netflix to. See what we think of it. Trying to find some hidden gems. And a few weeks ago, the randomizer pulled out Pentagram, which is one of your movies. Uh, 
Have we quite enjoyed Pentagram? Yeah, we seem to enjoy it a lot more than you do. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So we we messaged you. We put a, we tagged you in a tweet. It was uh, intentional to see if you'd respond, and you did. So we trapped you, and we thought, and you you responded to us saying you need to hear this living nightmare story that was Pentagram. So yes, I don't want to exaggerate too much. It, it was fine, but of all the films I've done, it was the it was the toughest shoot and least satisfying experience. <laughs> okay, cool. So how many films have you done? I don't know. <laughs> Roughly? Getting on for 20, okay. I think, now. Yeah, I always said I'd stop at 10 and then retire. And like Tarantino. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, oh, that sounds like plenty, doesn't it? Yeah. But no, yeah, getting on for 20 and, yep, still going. Just keep going. So how, how did you sort of get your start in movies and, and how has that led to where we are today with creative studios? Um, I'll try and do it very briefly because obviously That's it's, it's a pretty long story. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of person who's always loved movies, always wanted to make movies. Um, and when I was a kid, for some reason, it was always the uh, the smaller films that attracted me more down at the video shop in those days of VHS. Yeah. I would go for the films you've never heard of, the weird looking covers, uh, the low budget films. And so I, it was never my dream to go to Hollywood and be a superstar millionaire director. It was just my dream to have a small little studio in the same way that Charles Band had in the 80s or Roger Corman would have had it back in the 60s. Sure. Yeah. And make low-budget films sort of on my own terms and hopefully get them out there into the world. And thankfully, technology improved during during my lifetime. I was shooting stuff on VHS back when I was a kid. It was yeah. always horrible, nightmare, awful, useless stuff. Gradually, gradually, we got digital video. Now we're here where, you know, you can shoot something that looks wonderful on a tiny camera, you know, in your bedroom. And uh, that's what's enabled us to make these movies that now go out and get seen all over the world. Yeah, picked up randomly by random podcasts. <laughs> How, um, you, you mentioned a couple of your influences there, Corman and Band. Is there anyone else that sort of sticks out, not to put you on the spot? <laughs> well, no, it's fine. I mean, I say when I was a kid, Spielberg, I, I know I've just said I, I wasn't into the big movies, but, you know, in, in the 80s, if you were a kid, Spielberg was yeah. where it was at, wasn't sure. it? So Indiana right. Jones movies were absolutely my thing when I was a little kid. Uh, when I was a teenager, I got massively into Hong Kong movies. I was just obsessed with Jackie Chan movies. John Brilliant. Woo was my favourite director. Yeah. So I got into a lot of that, trying to mimic that kind of stylish. If you do watch a lot of John Woo movies, it's very visual. Lots of sure. dissolves and tracking shots and slow motion and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, and just gradually, uh, once you become a commercial filmmaker that I am, you kind of just have to do what you're told and, and, and go where the market leads you. So... As much as I would like to go out and make something like Indiana Jones or a Kung Fu movie or whatever, I end up making Essex Boys gangster films <laughs> or or whatever you know whatever the market wants. So now just just influenced by absolutely anything, mostly by whoever finances the film actually. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Should we should we dive into Pentagram? I think we need to, bit? don't we? I mean, we quite enjoyed it. We, it. It's still currently second in our current stream table, so we didn't think it was that bad. But you, you do I get paid for that? St- no. Oh dear. <laughs> we do do an award ceremony at the end of every year, so if there's a chance you might get nominated for an oh, award, great. who knows? Yeah. So if you do, we'll get you. We'll get you one Wonderful. for sure. <laughs> Pentagram. Let's talk about Pentagram. How did it come about? Has, it it came about during a period uh, where I didn't have that much going on. Um, we'd done a few. I'd, I'd done a few films that were self financed just to get my sort of studio name going. Yeah. We've done a couple of films that were financed by a small label nearby called 88 Films, who you okay. may have heard of. They, they put out a lot of cult yes. re-releases. But at the time, they weren't sure if those were going to sell, and it wasn't really their main thing. So they kind of didn't want to do any more films at that time. 
but one that we did do called Essex Heist, which as I mentioned was these sort of Essex boys gangster type thing. Yeah. Uh, it did quite well in the end, and it got seen by a producer in London. And he was, uh, I spoke to him at a couple of events, I think, where we met, and he was impressed by what I'd achieved on a tiny budget. And he thought that was going to, that appealed to him. And he was looking to do some horror films on a low budget. Right. And uh, so we got into a production deal where he would have these, he had these concepts that he wanted to shoot. And he sent them to me, and I would work those up into workable scripts. Okay. And then he would finance the movie and he would get the cast because that was always his thing was that he was based in London and he knew agents and actors. And he said, you know, you're in Leicester. You don't know anybody. Your actors are rubbish. Yeah. I can get you proper talent. And so that was the deal. And we did a film called The Exorcism of Karen Walker, which at that point was the be- biggest budget film I'd done. And it had some good talent in it. And it was a decent looking little film. Yeah. Now on Netflix. It's also on Netflix. Yeah, it's also on our long list. So it might come out of the randomizer at some point. And yeah, it was a fairly it was a good experience. As I say, it went well. I was pleased to make the film. I was pleased to be doing something. Because yeah. you know, getting films financed as an independent is always difficult. So that having been done, we embarked on a second film. And he had this concept about people trapped in a pentagram. And he had a script that was not workable at all. <laughs> and he said to me, rewrite this script, you know, so it's doable on this low budget. And, and we'll do it. Yeah. So I said, great. And the script he had was set in america so this is a, was one of your questions guys it was, yeah this was going to be one of my questions everybody asks this, <laughs> why do they try and make these films look like they're set in america when it, you know it, it comes up all the time it's just a thing we do for sales yeah because people around the world want american movies they don't want british movies yeah. really so if you can make it look american you've got a better chance of selling it and america is the biggest market yeah okay that makes sense i suppose um that's literally that's literally what it is is that an argument you would have have you ever considered sort of fighting that argument at any point or is it because if, you, if you've got the opportunity to do a good british a british film with british british actors playing british people or is it just that would that's kind of a deal breaker at this sort of level i guess is it with, uh, well in at terms the time of what you're trying to achieve and sales and yeah at the time i was not in a position to argue anything because sure, yeah, sure. it was his film uh, uh, it was his project yeah. um i think it, as a film, it would have turned out better if people were not doing American. I mean, there were some pretty good American actors yeah, yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, no, there are. Uh, yeah, and I'd just like to say, to be fair, we we thought the performances in in Pentagram compared to some <laughs> of the stuff we've seen, yeah, were pretty good. I've yeah. got to say. Now, as I say, like with the previous film, the producer he was in London. He's contact with the agents. He yeah. sent us some some pretty interesting talent and some good people. Yeah. So so yeah, but I think overall it it would have been better if it's just been set in the UK and yeah, but you know. I've done, say, I did um, uh, The Haunting of Alcatraz afterwards, which was obviously was a US set thing, but we shot it here. Sure. Uh, yeah, I prefer not to. It very it limits your choice of actors because you've got to try and find people who can do the accent. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. like that is more important than anything else. Yeah. And so it does limit your choices. I think the difference is there, isn't it? You, If you're doing The Haunting of Alcatraz, it's got to be in the States. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Pentagram could have been yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Okay. As I say, it was one of those, it was a producer thing. It was his project. And, that, and that's the one thing I want to point out is when you see a film and it says written and directed by so-and-so, it's very easy to assume that person was the driving force yeah. and it's all their idea yeah. and that it's exactly how they wanted it. And it's you know, I was hired as a writer-director and sure. it was entirely uh, the producer's project. Sure. Okay, interesting. So how much did you have to amend that script? Oh, it's page one rewrite. <laughs> we kept in some of the sort of demonic chants and stuff was left was word for word left in because I didn't know what that, all that meant and it seemed like maybe the writer had perhaps researched it. Sure. it it read pretty good to me yeah so I left all that in 
And basically the story was the same. It was a bunch of young people, in inverted commas. <laughs> they are not teens. I never said they were teens. <laughs> Maybe the back of the box says they're teens, but that's not me. I've got it here. What does it say? Here? Does it say teens? Um, a group of teenagers, yes. <laughs> I never said they were teens. Young people. Um, where were we? Yes, it, it, was a, it, was, it was some teens going across America to a music festival and they, their car crashed and they went into a house and got chopped in a pentagram. And then and they all kind of stabbed each other. And then at the end, I think some police SWAT team came in. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. A bunch of stuff we could never have afforded to yeah, shoot. Yeah. So it was literally at page one rewrite. And, um, and what I tried to do is because I knew we couldn't have big action, we couldn't have big spectacle, I tried to make the characters more interesting, give them more backstory, make, add more character conflict. Because like the the um, thing with the girl being interested... The, you know what I mean? There was the rivalries yeah. between the guys and yeah, the yeah, girl, yeah. Triangle, yeah. and the, the backstory of the abuse and the drug addict and the, the robbing the place. All that we added, all that in, because okay. they went from being just teens going to a music thing to being these kind of, I think, more interesting, yeah, definitely characters, and that hopefully adds a lot more to the story rather than just here's some yeah. people and they're in a pentagram. Sure, absolutely. So, when when was it filmed? <laughs> I think 2017. Okay. Years ago. How long? How long? How long? Sort of. What sort of time scale are we working on to make a film like that from start to finish? Well, um, obviously, all the pre-production I can't remember, but the shoot was. I th- I'm pretty sure the shoot was seven days. Oh wow! Okay, so just just a week. Yeah, that sticks in my mind as being seven days. So, and it's all filmed here where we are now. All the in- yeah, obviously, the pentagram room was a set that we yeah. built here. Uh, the rest of the house was a real house, uh, a real historic house near Peterborough that we film in quite a bit. It's a beautiful place. Okay. And obviously there was the, the American Diner. The American Diner that Nick recognised. That was not far from here as well. That's a good place to shoot. And I think we shot some little bits out on the road here and there in the countryside. Majority of it's done Yeah. in this very, well, this very was building. It, was it left to you to find those locations? Yes. So that was that was sort of handed over to you? and Yes, entirely. Yeah. I mean, see, the entire physical production, apart from casting, the entire physical production was me. Sets, okay. costumes, locations, crew. Yeah, it was all done up here by me. Okay, yeah. and how did how was the shoot on it? It was very tiring. Uh, the backstory being, and I'll make it as brief as I can. Uh, the budget for the film, for reasons I do not understand, never <laughs> materialised. Okay. Uh, this is as I say this, we'd already done a film uh, with this producer who who provided the budget, and it all went fairly swimmingly. On this occasion, I don't know the details, but the budget was not forthcoming. Right. into our company account prior to the shoot in order to pay for the crew, for everything. Yeah. We'd literally built sets, bought costumes, props, booked locations, all paid for by my company, right. with a view that this was going to be paid back Payback, by yeah. the producer's company. Never happened. And what did happen was basically um, a cast and a DOP turned up at the studio on Monday morning, and <laughs> I had to decide whether to shoot or not. Send them away or yeah. carry this, on. And say, and a wiser man would have sent them, you know, not sent them away, but would have sat everyone down and said, "Sorry, guys, we can't start. Uh, we can't start because none of my, I have not been paid. I can't pay the crew. I can't pay this, that, and the other. We're not going to shoot. Sorry." Yeah. But to be fair to you, from what you you told us, you know, you like you say, you'd done a film already with that company, and you know, it had gone fairly well. Yeah, yeah. Say, so, and I'm the kind of person would always rather make the best of a situation. Sure. I can totally understand that. And so yeah, so we just started shooting thinking well it'll it'll sort itself out or, or whatever uh, say so it's hard to when you've got because it's quite a large cast on this one oh, yeah, compared yeah. to what i normally do especially to have them all at once yeah it wasn't like shoot with this person that day it was the whole crowd on the first day yeah we just got on with it 
and we started shooting. And yeah, being a seven-day shoot, you can actually try and shoot a feature in seven days. Even with most of it being set in one set, it's still really tight. Of course yeah. it is, yeah. Uh, made especially tight when one of the actors who shall remain nameless didn't know their lines <laughs> oh, okay. at all. Uh, there was a day we went out to uh, on location, and the location is the holidays because you've got to waste time getting everyone out there, setting yeah. everything up. Yeah. So you've got to shoot really quick. Up. Yeah. We did 30 takes no way. of a, a line. I remember this because this really sticks out in my head uh, of a particular line from an actor who just could not get the words out. <laughs> Blimey. So that must take so much time out of that really tight time scale already. Exactly. You can't afford to be doing 30 takes. That's... No, and it was like... Who do you think you are, Kubrick? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't because I wanted this. No, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, and, and yes, we ended up in a situation with somebody holding up a phone with a script on it okay during shooting so a said actor could read their lines oh wow on you know off a phone whilst on camera and was that was that a theme throughout the shoot uh <laughs> or, yeah yeah and that was wow. at their, that was at their own request as well wow i say i'm not gonna say who it's, no that's um, no that's fine but it's just right. it's just an example of you've got to shoot a feature in seven days and you haven't been paid so you're not in the best of spirits let's be honest and then you've got this to deal with as well. How long's a day in those for those seven days? Or oh, we shoot. You, I mean, we. I. You, you've that, got to come here, pack, get every like you say, get everything packed, move out to locations. You're... Yeah, generally speaking, I, I can't remember specifics. It was a few years ago, but generally speaking, we come in at nine. We're on set at ten. Yeah. We try and finish at five ish. We're out the door by six. Yeah. Unless it's been a long, tricky day, or something it may go over. But yeah. that's what we try and do. We try to do a normal working okay. day. On that one, honestly, I don't really remember if we were here. We were never here crazy midnight shooting okay. like that. We don't do that. But I, I just remember it being a slog and thinking, let's just film this and go home. Yeah. Which is not, it's never been like that for me. You know, I make these films because I love making films. And and regardless of the low budgets and the hard work, you know, it's we always have fun on set. Uh, but that one just wasn't fun because everything was a slog. I Sounds think, like it started off on the wrong foot and it never never could recover yeah, for various I think, reasons. I think we had cast members who felt the project was beneath them. Right. Which, in fairness, it probably was. <laughs> you know, because uh, it was just junk, really, that we were making. Um, and, you know, again, we had good some top-level top, top level talent yeah. in the room. Yeah. Um, but it just made for a bad atmosphere, yeah. generally speaking, an unprofessional atmosphere. How did you feel having to sort of try and corral all that into a... <laughs> yeah, as I say, it, it's Can't the only—it's the only film we've done where it just wasn't a pleasure, and we just wanted to just shoot it and forget it and go home. Yeah, it was like it was like working. What you can imagine working on a soap opera must be like. It's just okay, yeah. day in day out, the trudge of it wasn't the oh let's make a movie guys. <laughs> the magic of the fun of it was just yeah stand there da, 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 action cut yeah okay da, da, action cut fine you know it was going through it like that okay okay and then when they don't know their lines and you this gets even worse and even worse and. By the end of the day, you just hate everybody. I, 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 I don't hate anybody. No, no, no. And let's say, to be fair, there's people on there that I've worked with again and would, yeah, yeah, yeah. would work with again. It, it was just a bad, ill-conceived project, wrong people, wrong timing, no money. So did the budget ever materialise? No. So you've never, never had any money for it? No. Uh, in fact, I obviously, um, because the crew were all my people, or largely for the DOP, the crew were my people. So I paid them at my own company's money. Yeah. I paid for the set, the costumes, the props, the locations, 
it's everything apart from cast, which I believe that I believe they did get paid by the producer. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I I was considerable amount of money down on the whole thing, but I did have the film in my possession. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So what happened after the shoot's done? Cameras are stopped rolling. You've got a film. <laughs> and nobody... well, I've got footage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I carried on working. I think I didn't have a lot going on. This was why I was doing these films. Um, so I, I carried on editing it, but with the thought in the back of my head, I'm not going to give anybody this film ever till I get paid. So I put it together roughly, you know, did a rough cut, made a trailer. Uh, eventually, eventually, contact with the producer became zero. Right. Uh, and say, I say, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't want to speculate, but the money had gone somewhere, okay. apparently. That's fine. Okay. Uh, but eventually we found out who had financed the film, which was, uh, uh, and I got in touch. I, thought, I think they got in touch with me, actually, or somebody put them in touch with me. Uh, and we worked up a deal and a contract to exclude the producer and we finished the film and we passed it to the distributor and it went out on sale. It's now on DVD. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's on Amazon. Uh, still not one penny has been paid back to me. Really? That's insane, isn't it? But, was that a company quite surprised when they found out you had some footage? <laughs> <laughs> Did they know that anything had ever happened? Yes, well, I or... think they'd... I think they'd been given an impression. A tip off or... No, no. Um, I think the producer had. I don't like to use the word stringing along, but I think the producer had been stringing them along. Okay. And promising all sorts of goodness. Right. Okay. Uh, and what we had perhaps didn't live up to the impression that had been given, possibly, allegedly. But at least the film did exist, and it was in a. It was finishable. Yeah. Uh, had to be finished again with spending no money because again no money was forthcoming for me to finish the film hence why it's you don't get any good special effects because that sort of stuff that you would normally do in post last yeah. thing there was no money left at all so we get a rubbish looking demon so how did you do those couple of shots with the with the it demon? was a stock footage thing I thought it, that's it a pre-existing thought, thing that's why it doesn't yeah. you don't see it interact yeah that's again, it was thought. meant to be a proper makeup a, a full body makeup creature thing would look really cool yeah. Because we'd already shot, we'd shot on set the the scythe going through and chopping people's yes. guts out, which yeah. looked quite good. So we, we were stuck with that. So I found a stock footage demon, and I green screened just a scythe onto it because it didn't have a yeah. scythe. And yeah, that was it. Same shot twice. Doesn't look very good at all. It's very, very weak. But yeah, it was <laughs> done at minimal expense to finish the film. So if, you've, if you've got to finish the film with but no money, then... I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I cannot reiterate enough. <laughs> Compared to some of the stuff we have seen on this show, this did not look. This was not the worst thing we have ever seen. No, not, not by, a long, by a long shot. Not I mean, by a long shot. My feeling of the finished film is I find it's pretty all right and watchable up until they go into the pentagram. <laughs> no, and I mean that seriously because the first part of it, it's got the, some the location stuff. Yeah, the stuff in the yeah. dino looks yeah, all yeah, right, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and, and the stuff out on the road looks quite good because we had to find a road. With no road markings. Yeah. Because you know, in America course, they have like yeah. a yellow. Yeah. And obviously UK ones have those dotty white lines. So we had to find. So, you know, there was some thought went into it. It was possibly could have been America. We spent spent money on an American car, all that stuff. And the, then the stuff at the house when they first go in looks That's good. That's a good location. Yeah. All yeah that, great say. location. Looked really good. Interesting story. The teacups were really there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did wonder about that. But by amazing coincidence, they were also in the script beforehand. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And I had planned to take a bunch of because because we knew the the character was going to be British, the yeah. the guy in the pentagram. Yeah. So I thought, well, let's let's sort of try to foreshadow that a bit, and have some you know as a little thing. And I thought we'll take some teacups, put them in the cupboard, 
And amazingly, we went in that kitchen, we opened the cupboard, and it was full of teapots. <laughs> and we're like, great. So just leave them in the car yeah. now. That's great. Yeah. Interesting story. That but is yeah. great. Um, uh, but yeah, up until they go onto the, they go upstairs, obviously, they go onto that set, and the, the bit where they all run in was really fumbled. That, that bit yeah. doesn't work at all. Kind of just falling all over each other. Yeah. And again, yeah, because the rest of it's just all on that set, and obviously the set isn't the best. It just kind of goes downhill. You, you get the cheap-looking demon. You, you just get all the rest of it. There's, there's some bits and bobs in there where it's, it's quite dramatic that do work. But yeah, to me, the set looks poor. And obviously, this is the whole outlook of the film just becomes just that set for so long yeah. that yeah, it loses me. How um, One of the questions that I had while watching it, how how long? I don't, this, I don't know whether we, we got this, this detail in, in sort of uh, in the in the scripts uh, or in the backstory. How long was the English guy? How long had he been in there for? What was your... <laughs> In your mind, what was the story there? Had he been there for years or a I don't few know, because you could make the argument that maybe inside the pentagram is some magical state yeah, where sure. time doesn't apply. So maybe he was there for years. I don't think so. I think he was just there for maybe a few days and he's gone a bit crazy from... Okay. Being, yeah, I, I don't think he's... Yeah, a couple of days probably. Okay. Enough to make him go crazy and, and thirsty and mad. Yeah. But but you could say maybe it's some magical place and he's been there for years. Yeah. yeah. But no, the the opening shot wasn't meant to be set like in the nineteen forties or something. Okay. But it does look a bit like that. It it does. It does look like he's been yeah. there for fifty years. I think maybe. it was more the um his companion for me. Yeah. She was in that sort of very nice more, dress. Yeah. She, she looked sort of gorgeous. Like, she looked gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. She did. She's um the cousin of someone famous, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Well. Arterton is her surname. Right, okay. Oh, Gemma Arterton? Is that her cousin, maybe? Yeah, a cousin or niece <laughs> or sister or relative anyway excellent yeah she did look lovely in that dress i do i i've got a lot of time for the ending i, I really like the end when she kind of just walks out of the door and leaves the the two bad guys shall we say in the pentagram that's my thing it i felt always, like the end of saw so. i always try <laughs> so. to do a twist ending if you watch the exorcism of karen walker yeah that's got a banger of a twist or at least i thought it was a good one of course the reviews are all like oh we saw that coming a mile away but um yeah i always, Critics liked, will always say that I always try to do a twist ending, so yeah, I was quite quite we proud did, of that. Yeah, we did like the end. How you know? She's, it was she's almost like she just slammed no, the door on she's them. Giving them she's no giving them clue, no help. Whereas whereas our group of guys through this movie have had the rules explained to them. Yeah, you know the, those those two villagers got what they deserved. Didn't they? <laughs> That's why we had to have that weird bit where he suddenly turns into a weird old pervert. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, you had to set them up <laughs> Build as being that sympathy, nasty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they would get trapped. Yeah, in. Yeah, that did come out of nowhere a little bit. It, it did. We should probably set that up a little bit earlier on. I think. Yeah, it, it does come out, but obviously you couldn't understand that we had to make them evil, yeah, yeah. so yeah, then they get trapped in the pentagram. Yeah, it did go a bit deliverance for a couple of minutes. But, uh, cool. That gentleman, the actor from that who played the old guy, he's got a long history. Again, the thing with the benefit with the producer, he would send very interesting people up from yeah. London. That chap was in Life Force. You've seen Life Force, the Toby Hooper yeah, film. Yeah, we have. Space oh, yeah, we've done it on the we show. Did it on the show. Yeah, he was one of the astronauts in the first scene. Oh, okay. Of that. Wow. Okay. He's one of these one of these old actors that's been around yeah. for years. Been all sorts of stuff in the seventies. Like, uh, Patrick Stewart's feature film debut. I think that was. <laughs> oh um, yes. Yeah. 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 We've done an episode on it. Check, check one it out. of my favourite films. <laughs> yeah. 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 Check it out. Space vampires. Probably a year ago now. Probably. Uh, yeah. Maybe a bit. You lose track of time doing this show, don't we? But that gentleman came up for half a day. And uh, you'll, if you look closely, there's a scene earlier on where he and the girl find the car abandoned. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you don't see his face in that scene. You see his back, and then it cuts to a close-up of his face because he, that gentleman, wasn't on the location. Okay. It was me in a leather jacket <laughs> oh, really? stepping in to get my shoulder kind of just into the shot. 
And then when we shot the reverse on his face, it was literally just outside the doors of the studio against a, a, the solitary tree that we've got Excellent. in the car park. Wow, that's crazy. Because yeah, because because what we did, we shot the diner robbery. Yeah. And the car, the whole scene where they stood by the car. Yeah. Plus the girl and him finding the car, and then back all on location in like half. And then we got back to the studio and shot him and the girl coming into the okay. pentagram, and the little bit where he answers the phone. Yeah, this bit was on the phone. Yeah. All that was in a day. Wow. Oh man, crazy! <laughs> Sounds like a stressful that's, day. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Excellent. So, to your knowledge, how does um, how does that end up on Netflix? This is the question we ask most <laughs> if, bit, on the show. We get asked that a lot. We don't get asked we? it a lot. We ask it a lot. By our, so, our, our how on earth does a film like this end up on Netflix? Well, personally, I'm not party to any details, but no, it's it's obvious. That's what we um, the, the film ended up with a particular uh, distributor who has done many, many low budget horrors and thrillers over the past few years. Uh, probably dozens and dozens if you were to count them all up. Yeah. And they've obviously done a deal with Netflix UK to just bung all of them out. I think it started that. around Halloween last year. Yeah, it did. I guess they probably want, yeah, Netflix probably wanted horror films. Yeah. The distributor probably said, well, we've got 50 of them sat here <laughs> doing nothing. Sure. Because normally the, you know, initially it was just DVD was what they, they were yeah. made for. And now DVD is drying up. I guess they're probably sitting on these films thinking, how can we do something with these films? And I don't know how it worked but obviously they, they bunged them all out on Netflix UK uh, probably a, a cheap bargain yeah. deal I should imagine because some of yours have also showed up on Amazon as well haven't yeah. they? oh all mine are on Amazon yeah, yeah. Well, anyone can put any rubbish yeah. on Amazon <laughs> they'll take anything but obviously Netflix it's got a bit of a cachet to it yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Netflix because it's a you know, household name kind of uh, streamer and so yeah um, I did obviously take advantage of the fact and started slapping Netflix on my website and on my publicity <laughs> yeah, materials. Got, you? you know, sure. Netflix approved director, apparently. <laughs> Did you not even get a courtesy email to say? No, I got nothing. I, I your, heard from one of the act- I heard from one of the actors that they'd seen it, that it was being advertised as coming soon on Netflix. And, and okay, yeah, it's on there. I've seen it on there, um, but no, nothing from the distributor, and obviously not one penny in revenue. But to be fair, I, I imagine it was probably a pretty cheap deal. Sure. I don't yeah. imagine they've suddenly got a million quid for all these films. I, I doubt it. No. So what came next? What was after Pentagram? Where did we go from there? Well, obviously, Pentagram signalled the end of that particular co-production arrangement. I can't believe it. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> with, the, with the producer who went AWOL and has since resurfaced with a brand new company. Oh, surprise, surprise. I think there was probably a, a fallow period yeah. where we just finished that film off and negotiated to, to get rid of it and all that sort of thing um, I was then able to get in touch with another distributor uh, High Flyers Films I'll name them because they're lovely people uh, and since then we've had a non-stop production deal for the last three years or longer Okay. no three years I think so they always, uh, you always get the money for those ones <laughs> yes they are lovely people they're very very kind very cooperative no problem at all with the arrangements and the deals and they seem to like me for some reason so yeah we've been churning out you've been a very busy man it looks out. like with, with these guys yeah we did four films last year how was that four films in a year that seems too many <laughs> um, three is good yeah yeah I think I think we're going to do three a year okay going forward how, how obviously we've all gone through this pandemic in the last few years how did that affects things did that change the films that were going to be made or yeah it's a funny thing it was actually quite good for us okay because um all the big hollywood films stopped Stopped. being produced and so there was a drought of content yeah yeah for all the streaming services so the distributor was on to me saying 
you know, if anything you can make now, we'll sell it everywhere because no one, everyone's desperate for content. So, um, I mean, it was bad because we were halfway through a movie, which we did have to shut down. Right. Because this was, you know, when, when COVID first started, everyone was kind of scared. and Trying yeah, to work yeah. out what we need to what do. What the rules are <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and all that stuff. So we did, and all our all, hotels all shut down. Yeah. yeah. So we had people in hotels and we were halfway through a movie. So it was bad. We had to send everybody home. And, and But, you know, after a few months, guidelines came out and, yeah. and the rules were set that, yes, you can work. And, yeah. and, and, you know, as long as you wear masks and do this, that and the other. And so we did um we, we did a, a documentary that was like a, a desktop production just during that period where you couldn't do anything yeah which was a ufo documentary which apparently went down very well then when we got back into production we did a, uh yeah we, we were doing a bram stoker's van helsing that was the one that got interrupted right and we did lose our location for that because they were a, a, a council owned place and they just were like no, no we're chance. not doing anything yeah. ever again so we managed to get a privately owned stately home to shoot in for that but yeah, after, I'd say about was it about six months we couldn't do anything. But then it, later that year, not even six months, about three or four months, wasn't okay. it really? Yeah. At the height of COVID, and then once we had sort of the rules in place and we got back into it, we shot um, Crocodile, Killer Crocodile film. That was fun. <laughs> More stories about that. That, that. that was very over ambitious. Right, but well, that, I, well, as in a script landed with you that was no, it's too my big idea. Or, oh, it's all yours. these okay, everything fine. we know is my idea. I wrote oh, all the scripts. Brilliant. And to anybody out there who's thinking of sending me their screenplay, please don't. <laughs> do you get, I get them do you get all a lot? the time, <laughs> and they're probably really good. They're probably way better than I can write. It's not a, a question of quality; it's a question that I know what we can do on a budget. Sure. Yeah. And most writers, especially when they're up and coming, the kind of writers who are going to send me a script, yeah. they're not going to be Hollywood people. They're, they're yeah. up and coming young writers. Yeah. They've never been on a set. They don't know what a schedule looks How like. How far your money goes. <laughs> and they write stuff you just cannot do. Again, it was like that that first script for Pentagram. Yeah. Probably, the, I bet the guy who wrote that thought, "Oh, I'm writing a low budget film here." But he but, wasn't. He was. But it was it was a car driving across the American desert that crashes into a truck. Yeah. And and, and it was stuff you could never do on these yeah. kind of budgets. It was a million dollar film at least. So yeah. So but then you decide to write a film about a crocodile. Well, it was a great idea. <laughs> Have you ever heard the story of Ramry Island? No. It was um it was a massive. I don't know how true it is. World War Two. All these Japanese soldiers got massacred by crocodiles. Okay. And um, it's, a, it's a movie waiting to happen. It really is. So I thought, well, I'll make it happen. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, shot it just down the road from you guys, literally in Hinkley, in a, in a sort of a, some parkland and with some plastic palm trees and stuff. It's supposed to be sitting like Cambodian jungle. And um, to be fair, I think it's, it's kind of all right. It loses steam towards the end because you're just waiting for that big action-packed finale okay. and we don't, we don't quite deliver. But it's a film I'm quite proud of. I think it looks, I think it looks okay. Uh, yeah, we did that. Then we started doing these Victorian movies. We got into a routine doing Victorian era stuff. Okay. Uh, Ripper Untold. Please go and watch that. That's my best film. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Jekyll and Hyde. We did Musketeers. We did Highwaymen. We've just done The Mummy Resurrection, which is another period one. Really, really nice. And we're doing more, more to come. Excellent. And these last few. Um, the, I believe the distributor is in talks with Netflix to try and get them on there because these are much higher quality, bigger budget films than, than the Pentagram. So they're actually shopping them to Netflix rather than... So there's no reason if Pentagram can be on there, these new films <laughs> should, should... Definitely. Yeah, they're way better. So hopefully they may turn up on your TV screen soon. If not, they're on DVD, they're on Amazon, they're on all the other yeah, services. That's great. Um, one of my questions for you was going to be, Steve, what, what is the movie you're most proud of? Well, it doesn't have to be the movie. What's the... What, What's, what's the scene? What's the movie? What's, what springs to mind from that question? Yeah, Ripper Untold is the one that holds up the best. It's a little bit dull, 
visually because it's a lot of people sat in rooms because again people think it's going to be a wild massacre in the streets because sure. it's kind of sold as that yeah it was like more of a police procedural with the autopsy scenes and the and the detective trying to puzzle it all out and so there's some good gore in it and it's quite atmospheric and it's a again twist ending banger of a twist ending I do like a good twist so i'm proud of it but, uh, but visually, the one we did after that, we did Jacqueline Hyde after that, which I think is has more production value. Okay. We had horse and carriage, we had a stately home, we had more stuff that looks cool. But the story was less compelling, I think, on that one. Musketeers is very nice-looking film for the budget, but it's a bit dull. You can't really do swashbuckling on, on, a, on a low budget. You sure. can't have the action. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Same with Highwaymen, nice-looking film. F- funny script, very proud of the script. I think that was my best script at the time. Okay. There's lots of uh, double entendres in there. It was, a, it was done as a bawdy comedy. It's been sold as a some sort of grim looking, I don't know, horror thing. <laughs> is that frustrating? Because that's obviously out of your hands. Yeah. It? It's... Uh, as I say, I, I don't. I will make any film the distributor wants. I'm I'm not. I like making films that are distributor led, that are market led. Yeah. It appeals to me to do that. Because I want my films to sell. Of course yeah. you do. Um, so if distributor says to me, "We want a dark, grim." Dick Turpin movie, I'll make it. Yeah. But if they just say Dick Turpin, to me, I think Carry On Dick with yeah, Sid James absolutely. And, and Barbara Windsor. And that's what I wanted to make. <laughs> so we made this goofy comedy. Um, but then they sold it as this grim looking highway robbery thing. So I don't think it's sold mega well. So I guess that film. affects the reviews and things as well because people go in expecting one thing and get something completely different. One thing I've learned about reviews, especially because you read. Not so much professional reviews or even cinephile reviews, yeah, which I'll yeah. put you guys in that category because you know what you're talking about. But the reviews you get on Amazon, IMDb, the Joe blogs in the yeah, street sure. reviews, they always base their reviews on what they expected the film to be. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Not, and it could be a good film, but if it's not what they thought they were getting, they're going to give it one star, yeah. worst film ever. We see that a lot because yeah. we go into a film expecting something something completely different. And we'll, we always read out the IMDb rating at the beginning and it's never lines up with what we've seen and it's it's I, I always try and go well i know you do as well going with uh the whole point of using this sort of random generator is yeah. just i want to watch something every week that i have no no, no preconceptions about. about because that's the best way most of the time i don't even it. watch a trailer it's literally just go straight in absolutely and uh, see what we get yeah really? so so i am learning now to try and give people what they expected so with say with jekyll and hyde for example, the one that I don't think has been very well received, the IMDb score on that is very low, really way oh, really? too low that it should be. It's like 2.6 or something. <laughs> and it's a, it's a very nicely made film. It looks great. But I put it, I put my own... Actually, I'll tell you something about that film just briefly. Okay. Yeah, of course. This is probably going to be far too long for you, but um, a lot of the comments on Jekyll and Hyde were, oh, this has changed from the novel. Um, they've made the main character is this Gabriel Utterson instead of Dr. Jekyll. Now, if you've read the novel of Jekyll and Hyde, the main character is Gabriel yeah. Utterson. Yeah. It's not. It's about him investigating, and it's all, it's you know these old stories are all about people sat in rooms reading letters and sure. diaries and stuff. Yeah. But people think Jekyll and Hyde is all about Doctor Jekyll in his lab guzzling liquid and because, hiding behind the table. Because that's what most of the adaptations yeah. since have. have or they done. think he's going to turn into a monster and yeah. start throwing people through windows and stuff because yeah. that's what they see in the like the, the Hollywood movies. So my version was actually quite accurate to the novel, <laughs> but people were not expecting that. Yeah. They thought it was going to be Dr. Jekyll turning into a monster. So, yeah, um, so I was going to say, yes, so I'm learning now. Let, don't try and be clever. Yeah. Don't try and do proper literary adaptations. Just give people what they expect to see. So we've done this mummy film now, and it's got a proper zombie mummy shuffling about, <laughs> killing people, ripping their guts out. People are going to like it. It's exactly what people want from a mummy movie. Yeah. Excellent. One question which we randomly throw out. Uh, <laughs> if if 
you had to watch a single film every day for the next year, <laughs> what, what film would you watch? Not one of mine, is it? No, any it film any. at all from the history of film. I cannot imagine having that much spare time. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> That's exactly what we said. Probably a really short one. <laughs> also, it, it, you get the risk of ending up hating a film you might have loved. <laughs> well, if I was doing that, I think I'd pick a film I've never seen, to be honest, because otherwise oh, you could at least it, get one good worse day out. Yeah, at least I could enjoy it once. Or you could pick a film that you already hate. So <laughs> do something else in the Punish background. yourself for the yeah. Do, do the well, that doesn't count. You've got to watch it. Haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the deal, yeah. isn't it? You've got yeah. to watch it. So you're not picking Pentagram. No, it's, it's quite short though. At least <laughs> yeah, I, it is I short. Spare some time in my day, especially <laughs> if I skip the credits. <laughs> well, I think I went for Back to the Future. What did you go for? I don't even remember. <laughs> I think maybe The Shining. <laughs> that's, I think that's it... a tough one to do <laughs> for 365 days. I mean, if we could change it around to just a what is your favourite film question. That, That's that fine. Go for that. What, what is your favourite My favourite film is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, brilliant. And I probably have seen that enough times to count. For you. Your, 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 I think I probably have seen it in the hundreds. <laughs> just not all in one year. <laughs> but over the space since I was where, 10 or whatever I was when it came out. Yeah, I've seen that I a see lot that, of times. It's the only uh, movie poster I've got up in my house. It's the only yeah, one yeah, I'm allowed to have up for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to have any of in my house. But luckily, I have a massive studio. Exactly. Yeah. With all my posters. Actually, I haven't even put them up yet. I'm so lazy. If you look at my kitchen, they're all just sat on the side there, waiting to I be put on the wall. Them, yeah. All of those yeah. will be on the wall when I get around to it. Just because you can find some time. I know. I'm so busy. So are you shooting at the minute? Yes, we're just in a, on a, a break. We started shooting. We're having a little break to, to rework a project. And then we're going to start back up in August. Okay. And then after that, we're doing another documentary. Uh, so two more things this year. And we've shot one this year i lose track <laughs> i think we've only done one this year but we might have done two i'll tell you what it is it's because we shot um the highwayman yeah. end of last year and then i was editing it in the sort of spring right yeah so and then then we shot a whole the, shot the mummy one in the spring summer and now we're doing sort of in the summer autumn got you so you've got a, a full slate coming up over the next you're not yes, slowing down at any point we've no i, I would like to um but <laughs> we're discussing we've, i think we've got one lined up already for next year right uh, another similar vein to the stuff we've been doing because we, we I think we're getting a good niche Victorian of these horror. horrors. Sounds yeah. like hitting a good groove at that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we've got if you look around this room that we're in, if I can describe it, you'll see there are numerous Victorian gowns, there are costumes everywhere, hanging up. I'm literally boots. leaning on a wedding dress. Well, yeah, they're not part <laughs> of it, but um, there's stuff everywhere. Yeah. So we're we're well set up for for period costume yeah, stuff, definitely. and it's nice to do them as well because you know when when people are dressed up like this, every shot just looks starts to look really beautiful. Yeah. It always looks good on screen, doesn't yeah. it? The, the Victorian stuff. It's and you we, can get, uh, make it dark and smoky. Get a few oil lamps, pump yeah. it smoking. It looks great. Yeah, we did just as we walked in a couple of hours ago when we arrived. It was just the uh, the remnants of of some smoke, smoke drifting across <laughs> the set. I would say very atmospheric. I hope I've remembered to turn that off now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come out there in a minute. We won't be able to see anything. <laughs> Brilliant. Have you got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about before we go? Um, well, I need to say, as I said earlier, probably if people would like to see a film that's half decent, um, Ripper Untold is probably my best. And that's be- on Amazon, is it? It's on Amazon, it's on DVD. I think it's on some of those other, it's like iTunes. Do people still watch films on iTunes? Uh, Apple TV's out I there think now, it exists. Yeah. It Maybe it's called exist. that now. But we, we always have to do these QC processes for iTunes. And I keep thinking... No one watches films on iTunes. That's like <laughs> 20 years ago, surely. iTunes yeah, was a thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It's the but hardest yeah. place to get a podcast on as well. You wouldn't believe it, but it's it's so difficult to get the to Well, exactly. Yeah, no, it's very hard to get your low-budget film yeah. on because yeah. they have such stringent technical requirements yeah. that we have to go through. So, yeah, um, I forgot what I was saying now. Yeah, um, 
Ripper Untold, it's available. In terms of upcoming stuff, yeah, the next film is called The Mummy Resurrection. Not to be confused with <laughs> Resurrection of the Mummy, or The Mummy Reborn, or The Mummy Returns, <laughs> or The Mummy something else. Because honestly, trying to find a title for a mummy film, <laughs> everything's been used. Yeah, I, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Everything, The Mummy Rebirth, The Mummy Reborn, The Mummy... Honestly, everything you could think of. And we originally had it as the mummy, uh, the resurrection of the mummy. Because IMDb didn't have that. But then I went on Amazon. There's a DVD on there, Resurrection of the Mummy. So right. now it's the mummy resurrection. <laughs> well, because we always find as well, when you get... Some films get greedy for the international audience. Yeah, isn't they're taking up more than one title as well. You can so. have two or three titles for a film. and It's, it's crazy. But that's the one. I don't know when it's coming out, but I, I think it'll be out by the end of the year, and it's a really good one. One I'm right. really pleased okay. with. Beautifully shot by my DOP, John O'Neill. I want to mention, and great cast. Excellent. Give him a shout out. Brilliant. Well, Steve Lawson, thank you very much. We really appreciate putting you putting some time aside to. Thanks to have for a hosting chat. us, showing us around. It's been great. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for finding Pentagram. <laughs> Not my finest hour, but it's it's still nice that it's out there. Yeah, well, like I say, we we seem to enjoy it a lot more than you do. So no, brilliant. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. And that was the interview. What did you think? I had a fantastic time. I really enjoyed myself. What a bloody thoroughly nice chap. Yeah. Absolutely great. I feel like I've been educated and that can never be a bad thing. You've it? learned something. I've, I definitely go. have learned stuff. And it, uh, again, thank you very much, Steve, for letting us come, yeah, you had some good stories. come over to the studios. Take us a tour around some of your sets. You had some great stories, some really interesting stuff. There's, I'm definitely going to check out definitely the one that was filmed in this town. Yeah. And the Ripper one. I've got, I'm quite interested in that. So... But I'll probably end up watching all of his stuff now, because that's what I do. <laughs> watch watch B movies, and I I now know a B movie director, so I'm up for that. Great, yeah, great. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, if you want to check him out on Twitter, his Twitter handle is creative without the e underscore studios. Yeah. So it's creative with no e on the end, which is quite creative when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> underscore studios. You'll find him on there. Is uh, he's got all of his movie posters as his cover picture, and his last tweet was our plug of instagram uh, pentagram not instagram <laughs> so yeah so check him out go and check him out he's a great guy yeah Do and it. in the meantime while you, after you've done that while you're on twitter you might as well check us out at bots underscore podcast same that is the same as our instagram and our letterboxd um if you want to check out our website our website is part of the stream.com on the website you'll find every episode we've ever recorded all the stream tables loads of other cool stuff patreon patreon.com slash bottom of the stream and discord if, you've, if you're into that sort of modern technology, come and join our Discord and we'll do loads of chats and film watch-alongs and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah, do come and join us in the Discord. It's a good time. I love the Discord. Full of like, every like-minded people. Yeah. A good bunch of people. It certainly is. Uh, if you can spare a few minutes, please consider leaving us a review or rating of our podcast. Yeah. Bottom of the stream. Yeah, if you're new to Bottom of the stream, this isn't what we normally do. Just... But just Check Come on. Out. Yeah, spread help spread the word. Uh, basically, we started a few years ago uh, because myself and Adam would get together pretty regularly and watch, I don't want to say bad movies. It's not bad movies. B-movies. B-movies. Yeah. And occasionally we find a really good one. Yeah. Not very often, but no, sometimes. but we did. And we thought, ah, no one's doing that on a podcast. No. Netflix is a big thing. Netflix has grown and grown. We'll take that. We'll, we'll use Netflix. We've got a random movie generator from a long list of movies that are on there. 
that's what we're going to do every week. We're on the hunt for hidden gems at the bottom of the Netflix stream. Sometimes we find them. Sometimes we find that they're absolutely terrible and they are just as fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And then sometimes we find them and we get to talk to the director of them. Here you is, go. Who would have thought that would have ever happened? Ah. So yeah, we also do an episode on a Monday that comes out on a Monday called The Wave, which is basically your Netflix news, anything that's going on in the world of streaming. Yeah. And bit of interaction between us and you, the listeners. Exactly. So yeah, two episodes a week for free this, this week. <laughs> there will be three episodes this week. Whatever week this comes out, there'll be three episodes. There will. Crazy. Brilliant. So yeah, do all of that. Thank you for listening. Thank you once again to Steve. He was great. Thank you for the tour of the studios. First time ever on a movie set for me. It wasn't bad. It was for you. Yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was great. It was so awesome. Thank you once again. We'll be back on Monday if it's if not for before Thursday now and <laughs> Thursday if it's already gone past Monday. We're depending on when this episode comes out. Mondays and Thursdays, basically you'll have a new episode in your in your stream. You sure will. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.